Hello, St. Columbus. Have you ever sat in church listening to the gospel or other reading and wondered, is this really the word of God? Maybe it's one of those weeping and gnashing of teeth passages where wicked people are thrown into outer darkness. Maybe it's one of those ones where, as a punishment, God kills all the firstborn sons of, say, the Egyptians. And there are those that, fortunately, are not even read in church at all, such as this from Deuteronomy 25, verse 11. If men get into a fight with one another, and the wife of one intervenes to rescue her husband from the grip of his opponent by reaching out and seizing his genitals, you shall cut off her hand. Show no mercy. Ouch. And then there are those passages where only believers in Jesus are saved, where Jesus is the only way to God. That's sort of what we heard this past Sunday, and I know Joshua introduced the passage in his Daily Bread last week and then preached on it, but at this writing, I don't know what he said, so I hope I'm not contradicting him. I'm talking about the part where John has Jesus saying that those who do not believe are condemned already because they do not believe in the name of the only Son of God. This is right after we hear about how much God loved the world. Suppose you're Jewish and attending church with your Christian spouse or friend. Suppose you're one of my unchurched adult children making a rare visit. Wouldn't this confirm your negative view of the Bible as the word of God and your rejection of church? So what are we to do with this Bible of ours? This rich, fertile field, yielding up so many epic stories, such beautiful poetry, so much goodness and grace that shape us from childhood on but also infected in places as if with deadly weeds. Do we edit the passages appointed in our lectionary for the Sunday readings and omit what we don't like? Well, where does that end and who gets to do the editing? Rather, I think we need to use our critical faculties, just as we need to when reading the news or following all the social media with its mixture of fact and fiction, good news and foul. I hope we can give ourselves permission to disregard what seems poisonous in scripture without feeling we have to throw out the whole thing. So I want to end on a positive note about the Bible with a story about how God's word expressed in scripture can have enormous, unexpected power. It's a story about a young woman brought up by atheists. She suffered terribly when she would visit her very Christian cousins in the summer so Christian that at meals they would go around the table with each person reciting a verse of the Bible by heart, making her feel like a total outsider. One summer, forced to go to vacation Bible school, she decided to show them up. Someone there had given her a copy of the 23rd Psalm, and right away she noticed something in the first line. There is a semicolon between the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Hearing it before, she thought it kind of rude, a rejection, the shepherd I shall not want. But here she saw a different meaning, a shepherd who would protect from want. Encouraged by this, she decided to memorize the whole psalm and blow her pious cousins away at the next family meal. And here is her account of what happened. We all gathered around the table with our heads bowed. Although most prayed with their eyes closed, I opened mine wanting to see their expressions as I let loose with my psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
working my way through the first stanza, carefully pronouncing the f on maketh, I felt something real. I pictured myself lying down in green pastures. In my mind's eye, I saw myself eating at the table prepared by the Lord. I'll never forget the moment of connection between myself and the glorious words. The comfort they described was the warmth of well-being that I felt. By the time I got to the good part, I'd whip myself into a fine crescendo. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But at this instant, the cousin sitting next to me hissed. Shut up. The food is getting cold, you boring and annoying little freak. But, our young psalmist continues, chastened, I closed my eyes, but I continued my recitation, oblivious to the reaction of the others at the table and the food cooling on the platters, writing the buoyancy of the words, filling my mind and heart with the lyrics of this strange and powerful song. Well, the young woman grew up and became a writer. And she remembers that day as the one in which the full power and potential of language was revealed to her when she saw the glory of God in the beauty of a poem in the Bible. The Bible is God's word, a rich field, and yes, there are weeds. May we cultivate, hear, read, mark, and inwardly digest, as the prayer book has it. May we cultivate all that is good for us and try not to let the rest get in the way. Bye.